Yo, welcome to the seventh episode of Should Be Powered, the podcast for vegan athletes and entrepreneurs who want to change the world. Today's episode features Nick Jolie, the founder of Inspired by Nick blog, and today he's going to share with you exactly how he left his day job to follow his passion and how you can do so as well. Yo, it's your host, Oliver Zergis, and today's an amazing interview. I'm so grateful for you to be able to join me today. And we have Nick Jolie on the podcast. He's an inspiring, inspiring guy. He shares with me today exactly how he knew when to quit his day job and how the process went along for him so you can see how he did it and apply it to your own life because I feel sometimes it's really hard to know when you should quit your plan B to focus on your plan A so that if you never quit your plan B, should it be a nine to five job? Should it be your school? Then you might just completely miss out on your plan A, which you really aspire to. So he has a tremendously inspiring way to share how you can turn that into a positive experience and actually know when to quit your job. So again, 20 minute podcast. Please listen to this while you walk to school, while you walk to your job, when you have 20 minutes free during lunch break, because I know you're going to get a lot of value out of this. It's not an interview you want to be missing. So again, enjoy the interview. Back to your earlier question, what I would tell my 18-year-old yeah. self, I guess at 18, I was just finishing CJEP or just about to enter university. I would say that um, there are more opportunities out there than just the ones that are presented to you at school. Um, I think it's really important to succeed in everything that you do. And if school is the path that you're going to, like the path that you're going down, um, definitely give it your all. I don't believe in giving anything less than 100%. But keep your mind open to the fact that there are other opportunities, there are other options out there. Um, and don't let yourself ever become narrow minded or limited to the options that are just being presented to you. It really comes down to thinking outside of the box and finding other ways to um, solve a problem or other ways to go about anything in life really well i'm really interested in asking you mainly about quitting your day job and really like you said not focusing so much on the school aspect and really try to open other doors than just academics and with the advice that's coming a lot mainly on youtube i find when i was starting on the youtube i hear a lot of people saying you know you should not quit your day job you should focus on your side hustle but still keep that string of attachment where you do have a solid foundation yeah and maybe i can ask you how did you know when to leave that foundation? How do I know as a young person when it's okay to leave that foundation and start focusing only on the side hustle? I can only share from personal experience. So I'll definitely talk about what my experience was like. Um, in university, that's where there's really this mindset that's instilled in the students, at least I found for myself anyway, that um, our university professors would always put such an emphasis on getting a job, particularly at a, a large organization. And it seemed like that was really the only option. And I felt so much pressure that that's what I had to do upon graduation. In my last year, it was like, go big or go home. You have to get a job at one of the big organizations or bust. Um, so I think that's really where um, the mindset or the drive to get a job kind of sets in for students it's really mm -hmm. when you're in university and you feel the pressure that okay your formal academic years are coming to an end and you really need to just get out into the workforce and i mean ultimately you take the advice from the people you see as your mentors which are the professors um, for the most part and a lot of them will tell you that you know you have to get a job at a big company because that's what's stable and 
So that's what I did, right? I worked at one of the biggest companies in Toronto or biggest companies in the world. They have global offices and it was a great experience, but um, at the end of the day, it wasn't giving me what I wanted out of life. I, I've always had this kind of entrepreneurial drive and I never really uh, tapped into it or fully utilized it until uh, this year when I quit my full-time job. And how I knew when it became time to, to leave my full-time job for my side hustle was really when it came down to my mental health and also my physical health. It, it really just, um, it felt like I was working three full-time jobs. I had mm -hmm. my blog that really is a full-time job, I, which is inspired by Nick. And then I was working my actual corporate nine to five full-time job, Monday to Friday. And then what most people don't know is that I actually act as a consultant. I have my own client where I offer marketing consulting um, services to. Sure. which uh, wasn't necessarily full-time, but at time, it was definitely a daily activity and definitely felt uh, like a full-time job at times. So I really was overexerting myself and it just wasn't sustainable to continue to work that many hours and um, lose sleep at night. And just, I found that I wasn't making the uh, best decisions during the day because of how much I was overexerting myself. So I really had to, either find a balance or find a way to kind of work around that. And ultimately I put my health first and it reached a point where I was doing Inspired by Nick on the side for two years and it was becoming more and more self-sustainable on its own. I didn't necessarily need to rely on the income from my corporate nine to five. Um, Inspired by Nick was generating enough revenue to, to keep me comfortable. So I kept both. I juggled both for a long time. I, I just recently started marketing consulting as another venture. So um, it reached a point where I was able to comfortably leave my full-time job. Okay, wow. So you really were really strategic about it and you were really like taking both until finally you were able to lift off. Yes, I'm definitely the type of person who likes to, to feel uh, <laughs> comfortable and like all of my ducks are in a row and like I've done all of the necessary homework before I make a decision. I'm, I'm not necessarily uh, risk averse, but I'm not necessarily like really um, a big proponent of, of big risks. I really like to feel safe. Um, so I really made sure that I had, you know, enough savings. I made sure that I had all of my ducks in a row for when I would go full time and how I would announce it. and. Um, if I had enough projects in the pipeline for 2018, that would sustain me. So, um, yeah, I really did my homework in that sense. And maybe focusing more on that pivot point, can you remember the moment, the exact moment when you decided I'm quitting my day job or was it just really a process and then it happened throughout a week? I would say that it was actually a process of about an entire month. Um, uh -huh. I would say that for a couple of months prior to me, um, formally resigning from my full-time job, I was starting to feel the pressure. I was starting to feel like I was overexerting myself and I knew that there was going to be a breaking point if I continued this way. So in order to avoid that within a matter of one month, I decided, okay, you know, I've really saved enough. I've really made sure that I have enough projects in the next year that are going to sustain me. And within that month, I said, I'm going to resign at you know, on X day. And um, that's pretty much how I prepared for it. It was really a matter of a month between me knowing for sure that what I was, how I was currently working was not sustainable. And within that month that I would need to, to quit. That's, that, that's really inspiring, really hearing that. And I think many, many people, are, we're just talking with the people I'm around, especially at school, I'm still in uh, finishing high school. Well, the CGIP okay. system is still finishing high school. 
And a lot of the people are like, wow, man, I don't want to go to university. And just hearing that, I think it brings a lot of value. And maybe I want to zone in into the consulting side of things because I know so many people that don't want to go to university, but at the same time, don't have a basis of knowledge like you had in consulting to be able to lift off a side hustle. So what would you tell these people? Say, I'm a basic average Joe. Of course, I have a few talents. We're all different, but I don't have really something that stands out more than that. And what would you tell these people? Again, speaking from personal experience, I know mm -hmm. how difficult it can be. Like when I was in university, I, I, I was, I kept being told to go into finance because that was the most lucrative program, the most lucrative mm -hmm. program that would lead to like the most lucrative jobs or careers <laughs> upon graduation. Um, but my heart just wasn't in it. And I was taking these finance courses and I wasn't enjoying myself. I wasn't finding my passion. I wasn't finding any joy whatsoever. And so, you know, it took a bit of time before I made the switch to marketing, uh, which was my passion as it relates to academia. Like I was definitely more involved with the work or the homework even that came with being in a marketing program. I really liked the ability to express my creativity. It was definitely just more aligned with what I had in mind for what I wanted for my future at the time. So what I would tell those people is really just make sure that you find what drives you, make sure you find your passion as it relates to what you're currently doing, because once you do that, it won't necessarily feel like work. And how I like to see strengths and weaknesses is really in a way that strengths are what bring you the most joy and weaknesses mm -hmm. are not necessarily things that you're bad at, but things that you don't necessarily um, find joy in. So for example, I would consider my weakness to be finance and accounting. I can technically do finance and accounting. I do my own accounting for my own business purposes, but I don't enjoy doing that work. I don't thrive in a finance and accounting environment. Therefore, that is not a strength of mine. As it relates to marketing and creating content, that is a, a strength of mine because that's where I find the most joy and that's where I enjoy myself the mm -hmm. most when I'm creating work in that way. So it does take some time. It took, I guess, more time than I would have liked for it to take for myself. But um, <laughs> once you find that, then I think you're golden. And then your path really becomes clear because you're really investing a lot of your time uh, and essentially a lot of your life into things that bring you joy. Mm -hmm. I like the way Is you that, frame it. Yeah. Does that answer your question? Yeah, absolutely. That was a great answer. Okay. And I really like the way you framed the fact that, you know, weaknesses, like Gary, like a lot of people who listen to Gary Vee and he says, you should only focus on your strength, leave your weaknesses aside. But I like the way you're bringing it up and framing that, hey, your weaknesses are just something that you don't enjoy and you shouldn't focus on them because of that, not because right. they're your weaknesses, just because you should focus on what you enjoy. Yeah, totally. And to your earlier point about, you know, high school students or CJF students not wanting to go into a university, I really can't speak to that because when I was in high school or in CJF, I, di I didn't really see myself in a position to not go to university. I was always raised to believe that I had to get a university degree. And I'm, I really am a believer of formal education. I don't have anything against education. And again, I actually enjoyed very much being in school. I loved learning. It didn't necessarily equip me with all of the tools or all of the skills that I use today, but it definitely gave me uh, a really robust skill set, I should say, in order to go full time on my own right now. Mm -hmm. um, I also learned a lot in my first 
career outside of university. I learned, I worked at a smaller company and that's where I learned everything about marketing, accounting, finance, like working in a smaller environment really lets you get your hands wet or your feet wet in all of the different departments and what it, it really is to kind of start up your own company. So I got a lot of insights and I wouldn't have gotten that job if I didn't have a university degree. So again, I'm only speaking from personal experience, but I think everybody's paths are different. Um, when I was in high school or CJEP, I didn't have uh, Instagram or YouTube as platforms that I can monetize, right? I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't have a blog then. I didn't even see the, the full potential of what being a digital uh, marketing consultant or a digital influencer really was. I didn't have those insights then. So maybe if I had, then maybe I wouldn't have gone to university. I, I can't really say though. I don't think, I don't think that would be the case. Uh -huh. Okay, great. So if I'm understanding correctly, you started your side hustle while university or shortly after? Shortly after while I was working. I started it within the first month I started my my first full-time job. And maybe yeah. you could share any tips on how someone could start a blog like you did? How was your process when you just started lifting off? So when I started blogging, I actually started uh, a first blog, which was like a men's style and grooming and men's fashion blog, which again, I didn't necessarily spend enough time uh, focusing on the key messages or what the, the niche of the blog would be or what the, um, the, the blog's motto would be. So um, I started that first blog and again, my, my, it wasn't my passion. My heart wasn't in it. I wasn't really enjoying creating men's style content. Uh, it spoke to me for a little bit at first, but then it wasn't sustainable. So after a year of pursuing that blog, I decided to create Inspired by Nick, which was two years ago today or two years mm -hmm. ago last month, sorry. Mm -hmm. So um, I was blogging up until now, like three, almost three years, all in all. But for the first year, it was for a separate blog. So advice to people who are looking to start blogging really would be to spend time thinking about what, again, what brings you the most joy? What do you think is going to be your strength? Um, what topics are you most passionate about? And can you blog about them on a consistent basis and add value to your readers? Because that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. Uh -huh. Do you think blogging is for everyone or do you think there's nope. other mediums? Nope. I think, I don't think there's any one thing that exists in the world that is um, applicable to, to the masses other than like eating, breathing, sleeping, <laughs> you know, uh, that's, those are things that we all do as human beings, but I think we're all unique and we, we pretty much each have our own um, interests and strengths and weaknesses. So I think it's a matter of finding what you enjoy most and then, finding a way to thrive in that environment and making itself sustainable if that's something that you want to do. Uh -huh. Not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur either, right? Okay. I think there are people who are entrepreneurs and then there are people who are very happy or comfortable working for other people or, or other organizations because of the stability or um, whatever the reasons may be. Okay. I like that. I like that aspect. Yeah. I guess as entrepreneurs, it's easy to put everyone in the same basket and say, Hey, you're getting a day job. So you're a failure, but maybe no, they really enjoy their job. Exactly. I think that's a, yeah, a terrible way to see it. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with being an employee of an organization. It just wasn't right for me. And there's no um, failing or, or um, succeeding. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah. I couldn't, <laughs> I'm losing some of my words. Yeah, failing or succeeding. It really just comes down to what you're most passionate about. Uh -huh. Okay, cool. And maybe taking one step back a bit, how did vegan, veganism start tying into that? 
Is it that story? Oh, um, so good question. It was actually 100% unrelated to Inspired by Nick as my blog. Um, about five or six years ago, I decided to be vegetarian and just for personal reasons, mostly health reasons, but um, okay. I decided to be vegetarian for, well, what I was hoping would be the rest of my life, but it only lasted one year. <laughs> um, at the end of the year, I was finding it very difficult. I was only 21 years old at the time. I didn't mm -hmm. necessarily have all of the recipes that I have now. Veganism wasn't as uh, encouraged or celebrated or popularized um, as it is today. It, you know, vegan foods weren't as easily accessible then. So there were, I guess, a lot of reasons or, I don't know, excuses is really more the word. Um, a lot of excuses I can attribute to not continuing with vegetarianism when I was 21, but I gave up at the end of the year. And then about a year and a half or so ago from now, um, all of the same reasons I wanted to go vegetarian just came flooding back to me. And mm -hmm. I decided to go vegetarian again for a couple of months. And then I just decided to go vegan because that is ultimately what made me feel best uh, physically, mentally, um, spiritually. There are so many reasons to go vegan. And uh, again, I'm only speaking for myself, but um, that really was my lifestyle choice at the time. And I found since I already had my blog inspired by Nick, which was, you know, up and running and, you know, a digital extension of myself, I figured why not incorporate it into the blog. And that's really where my blog and my Instagram saw the most success. Um, <coughs> sorry. <laughs> when I started sharing content uh, that related to veganism, recipes, uh -huh. um, vegan inspiration quotes whatever it may be are you able to focus down on to like what made you change exactly because you had a year like a couple years before struggling with vegetarianism and now you're making a whole switch toward veganism was it mm -hmm. like a documentary that you saw that someone tell you about it or how exactly did you change yeah so i had seen um all of the heavy hitting documentaries like, like food inc and then with the health and you know I, i read books like the china study and they're just there are some really powerful pieces of content out there that really kind of once you see something once you see something like that it kind of just strikes you and it, it hits you in a way that is profound and everlasting And so when I was older, I was 25, I guess. So four years later, I said, you know what? I don't really have any excuse to not be vegetarian or to not be vegan. There are so many accessible options. And I was cooking more and more for myself now. And I didn't enjoy cooking meat. I didn't enjoy eating meat. And I said, okay, well, the choice is really easy for me. I know the health benefits. I know the environmental benefits. So what excuse am I going to make now to not go vegan? And at the end of the day, it just made me feel better. The, the foods that I was putting into my body, I knew were um, sustained in uh, a healthy practice, didn't contribute to any uh, terrible environmental factors or, um, and they were all ethical choices. So I felt good physically and emotionally in eating a vegan diet. Maybe taking it over to Nick, where are you expecting to grow inspired by Nick, is it just something that you're going to keep and maintaining or are you, do you have like bigger plans for the future? So uh, for this year, I'll just share with you that YouTube was a really big obstacle for me. Um, mm -hmm. That was definitely part of my growth plans, but something that I was never 100% comfortable in. What kind um, of obstacles, if I can ask? Well, I don't know, being on camera, I am a little camera shy and I wasn't really comfortable uh, being 
in front of the camera lens and mm-hmm. uh, putting together videos and editing videos. And I don't know, I, I, photography is something that is completely different and totally within my comfort zone. Uh, video Videography definitely was not. So it was just something that I kind of told myself I would push myself into and, you know, just dive dive into head first. And that was pretty much where I saw Inspired by Nick growing in a different platform in a different way for this this year, 2018. But Inspired by Nick, my blog is always going to be my primary focus. That's definitely where my area um, of interest and focus is going to be for the years to come. Well, I guess the foreseeable, foreseeable years to come. And the way that it can grow is in so many different ways. I definitely, like I said, Inspired by Nick is a digital extension of who I am in my daily life. Mm-hmm. Um, I've really amassed like a, a good following and a good readership of people who are really um, enthusiastic about healthy living and, and mindfulness and wellness. So those are really going to be the core principles of my blog. And I think the more authentic I can be and just share my personal life experiences, the more um, authentic the readership will be too. So does that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Great. Okay. And how can people connect with your blog? What's the best, what's the best way they can? Uh, something that doesn't happen uh, very much right now that I actually really, really appreciate when it does happen are mm-hmm. um, when someone leaves me a comment on one of my blog posts. Like I can see that people spend time on the website and on um, blog posts in particular, but it, I think leaving a blog post comment is not uh, within people's um, comfort zone. And I get that too. Like with social media, it's so much easier to just log into the app and then to see a picture on Instagram and leave a comment or to watch a YouTube video and then leave a comment because it's all embedded within that app. But to push people to a website and then get them to change their behavior and leave a comment on a blog post um, that's something that I don't really see right now, but definitely appreciate when it does happen. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So anybody listening to this, please go leave a comment, say, Hey, on any of those posts. So you show Nick that you were, you guys were on here. 